Uh, the wind and uh, current starts picking up as more of the waves buffet against the side of the ship, um, and you hear thunder rolling in the distance. A storm is coming. everybody, I'm James, your Dungeon Master, and welcome to Room and Bard, a recap episode for all of you new listeners that are coming in off of our current ad campaign, or if you're just a new listener in general, or an old listener who wants a recap because they don't remember all the crazy crap we have done, this is the episode for you. Uh, I'm James, your Dungeon Mancer. Joining us today, I have Bron Vito. Hello, everybody. I play Wiley Ciodia, a tabaxi bard that is raised at, by from his... By his, by his, that's the word. By his uh, best friend slash owner, Mercury Stardust. Uh, we have <laughs> playing Mercury Stardust. Uh, unfortunately, she's not with us today um, as she's not involved in season two. But in season one, <laughs> played uh, Mercury Stardust, a elven bard who was the lead singer of a punk band which this group was and then also joining us today we have tyler hey and i uh, season one i played judge who was uh, a warforged that woke up in a you know covered in moss and uh, was the maid for kind of the little family unit there and he was a fighter slash bard and the percussionist for the band and then in season two i play a uh, joe behind a monk who you'll hear a lot more about later on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a real quick rundown of the initial idea for this was we wanted a podcast D&D group of all bards to go on a cross-country tour and see what kind of hijinks could occur in a world where this is something, you know, it's, it's filled with magic. It's filled with fantasy. It's filled with with the, the struggles and less struggles of people, but also where they could be a band that went on tour. So... The, in the town of uh, Shinesgrove, which is where they're all from, their, their family town, uh, Poise Stardust, the mother of Mercury Stardust, uh, owned a tavern called... The Tavern. The Tavern. The tavern. <laughs> yeah, the Tavern, the Tavern. <laughs> that, that judge was the maid for... And, uh, Wiley was a tavern cat. And also expert mouse catcher. Yeah. yeah. And Mercury and was the reason that all the stock disappeared. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Mercury was a drunk. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so Poise and Mercury being Alvin, Poise was much older. In fact, we find out later on she was actually even way older than she let on. But being an elf, she didn't really show it. So the three of them, Mercury, Judge, and Wiley, formed a punk band where they played in the tavern, but they they finally realized it's time for them to go on a tour. So they got a band manager named Billy Cogsworth, who worked on the other side of town. He was a goblin who dressed like a very fashionable pimp, and they threw their first concert in town before leaving for a cross-country tour. Unfortunately, there was a casualty in the audience, as does happen with it, medieval it, punk shows. Just punk shows in general. Yeah, <laughs> He punk. walked into the pit without, you know... He didn't understand wh- pit he, he etiquette. He didn't understand it. And so, you know, it just They happened. opened that pit yeah, up. They yep, did. As they opened his chest up. Yep. Um, so the band hastily left town. 
whether or not they were in trouble, it was hard to tell, but they left town. Leaving town, they were heading to the town of... Myersport. 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 On the way to Myersport, they ran into a group of hooded monks who they then accidentally got into a fight with. And in the process, uh, Mercury Stardust killed her pet cat. Sort of. Uh, it was a very rough time for Wiley, just saying. It scars him to this day. Yep. Judge had uh, to do a, a crazy uh, emergency... Um, Potion surgery? <laughs> yeah, field field medic potioning. Yeah. Yeah. Crushed, crushed glass. Yeah. Crush, crushing a health potion with yeah. bare hands and just f- pushing into the Wiley's face. Yeah. And th- these guys were that, that caused all this were the ladder. Very yes. spooky. Uh, the, which turns out later on a, a cult called the ladder. And we learn a little bit about the ladder in season one and a lot more about the ladder in season two. In the process of this... Uh, They killed one of the members and a giant golden figure emanated out of him in the skies above, but they took off to the town of Myersport. On the way to Myersport, they met one other person on their journey, which was a pink slime riding in a mop bucket that had a mop being used as a sail post with a makeshift sail on it. The pink slime used shapes and colors to portray messages and carried a wand of magic missile, which she would yell poot while using (laughs) and cast it at enemies. Through interpretive dance and slime changing, she told them she was friendly and let them know she was a wizard, a very high level wizard. I believe she had a note that she did have a note. Yes. That told and Gloppy. Her name was Gloppy. And Wiley fell in love with her instantly. Yep. Yep. And so the party decided to take Gloppy along with as a mascot. Gloppy the wizard ooze. Uh, Slime thing. (laughs) So then our party uh, makes it to the town of Myersport. Uh, Myersport had been under attack by undead raids here and there. And so they were immediately greeted by a man named Greyhound, who was the leader of the town guard. Uh, He was the captain. Greyhound being a cuffed cowboy type. uh, Let them know the kind of the situation. He was a little distrustful. But they decided to meet with Polinia, the head priestess in the town, who was a priestess of Pelor. Polinia has a long uh, lineage of magic users in her family going back in time. And upon meeting Polinia, Judge had a little bit of an event. Yep. He started to recall his old memories uh, seemingly before he, you know, of course, before he, you know, semi shut down and got covered in moss in in a field. And he started to remember, you know, all these, all this war he believed he partook in and maybe what he was before a war forge somehow. And we learn more and more about that and how maybe he uh, is more connected to uh, Mercury than they originally thought. And uh... so eventually it was revealed that about two to 300 years ago, there was a great war in the lands of Adenac, which is the landmass where our story takes place. Uh, this great war was run by a woman named Melissa. She, along with her commanders or her generals, waged a unwinnable war for the rest of the world. Uh, 
they used necromancy to raise armies of undead to take over cities. And then if there was, say, you know, fallen soldiers on either side, they just raised them up as soldiers on Melissa's side. Eventually, however, uh, resistance began to be put up and they were giving them a tough time. And what ended up happening is the Great Witch, um, who was a necromancer in Melissa's army, learned how to fuse the souls of living creatures into machines and constructs that could kind of change their form and shape. And they could turn into these like war trains or battering rams or just war forged humanoids. And in these flashbacks, we found out that Judge was one of these machines. And we also found out that the Great Witch was Poise. Nope. Judge Judge was an elf, kind of, you know, working with Melissa and Poise and all that, in love with Poise, and decided to give up his uh, elf form to become a warforged. In order to assist with the, the war that they at the time thought was just. However, Poise eventually realized that this war was not just, and Melissa, her childhood friend who she was helping out in this war, was a genocidal maniac who was destroying and killing all of the elves, which Poise happened to be, and so did Judge. We find out later on that Poise betrayed Melissa and got a group of magi together, and these magi then cast a spell to entrap Melissa. And the reason they had to entrap Melissa instead of killing her is because we also find out Melissa had made a pact, a pact with a creature called a soul-linked dragon. A dragon from another plane of existence that came here and linked its existence and its soul with that of Melissa. We also find out that uh, members of Melissa's lineage could have these dragons appear to them and people in their close proximity and then also form their own packs. Which brings us to finding out that the reason Judge had these memories triggered is because Polinia, the priestess of the town of Myersport, was the great, seven times great granddaughter of Melissa. So this brings us into this story where we now have these twists of fate being spun. However, they had to be put on hold because the town was under attack by undead and they had to figure out where it was coming from and nobody was qualified except for a punk band, obviously. <laughs> obviously, the greatest saviors of all time. Of yep. all time. Of all time. So they went north where they thought the undead were coming from and that brings us to the Temple of Songstruck. It is an old, rundown, bard temple mm -hmm. that we later found out that was, you know, created by bards and sealed by bards. So the only way to get in was basically to be a bard because you had to play magical music. Mm -hmm. uh, inside, they found a bunch of undead that were hostile, except for a few that right. they made friends with. <laughs> the Which are called the Spoopy Boys or the Spoopy Dudes. Yep. And then they also... Met a spectator, specter, uh, spectator, spectator, which is a a uh, it's like a lesser beholder that is created by a mage or a magic user to guard or carry out some task for like up to two or three hundred years, and then after that's done, they kind of go crazy, they go mad 
because they no longer have a task. It was their, their life's essence, their life's goal. And when they no longer have that task, they go crazy and they get super weird. Uh, the And then this one's name was Wilbur and he was kind of on the verge of ending his task. And then after they sort of, they had a fight-ish, they gave him a new task and that was to be their drummer. Because <laughs> Wilbur fought by being on the throne of a drum drum kit and he would cast his spells by banging his eye stocks against the drums the toms or the cymbals and they had to basically have an aggressive music battle with him but they ended up just scaring him into submission and he hid inside the bass tom yes wait so if wilbur was the percussionist what was judge judge was also a percussionist judge was but he also played horns yeah yeah yeah. he he was the brass section the brass section yeah because every punk band has (laughs) a brass brass section yeah so inside of this temple of Songstruck, they also found out that Todd Halfhammer, uh, Polinia's father who had gone missing, had been in this temple and he had left a journal. And this journal detailed the fact he found a fallen meteor that crashed through the ceiling of this temple. And as they read through the writing, they realized it slowly got more and more crazed and insane sounding towards the end until basically he claimed himself as being a god or a lich or some sort of something but they also found a bunch of blood and other things and this black obsidian like meteor so wiley took it have i mentioned that he's impulsive (laughs) wiley then was spoken to by this meteor and they went deeper into the temple of songstruck to where they found a room that was initially guarded by wilbur but after defeating and besting wilbur in uh battle of the bands battle of the bands uh, revealed an opening into another room filled with a gnome named Dwayne the Wrong Johnson, <laughs> who had a harem of fairies and pixies and like wood nymphs living with him. Mm-hmm. After defeating him in what can only be called kind of combat, <laughs> it the, was something. The rock he was sitting on split open and they found another one of these obsidian like meteors. And then something bad happened. Mm-hmm. They came too close to together, together and they vibrated. And the one inside the rock turned into a massive black, amorphous, strange, dragon, humanoid, like ever shifting thing. And they realized that sticking out of the stomach of it was the visage of Todd Halfhammer, who was trying to claw his way out. And... This creature announced itself as Bob. Great name. Great name. Solid. Great name. Solid. And then he broke out of the temple and left. And nothing else happened. Nothing ever happened. That was the end of it. Nothing ever happened on the band tour. This is not at all the point where we stopped becoming a band. Um, So (laughs) then uh, they cleared out the temple. They met a group of hillbillies who studied a forbidden form of magic called nipplemancy. Uh, which it will, it's not really important. You'll it's not important. Yeah. It doesn't come it. back up ever, ever, ever again. <laughs> it's Never. great. It's amazing. <laughs> Watching these guys vomit every time one of these specialists show up is uh, fantastic. Uh, but then they return back to the town of Myersport to give Polinia the the record of what happened, the information of her father. And when they return, they find that the town is under siege. Before they had attacks by zombies, this time it was an army of undead sieging the town. So they had a very short period of time to evacuate everybody. And luck have it, they just cleared out a temple up north that should be protected. So they 
began moving uh, the people out of this area and up to the temple in the north. And on the way, they met another soul dragon um, who was not hostile. Um, They also learned that Ragnar and Greyhound each had soul dragons as well due to their proximity to Polinia. Uh, they also learned that Polinia's brother, Scovial Steps Halfhammer, had a soul dragon. And he may or may not have been a cult member that the party had previously killed on their journey to Myersport. Oops. Plead the fifth. We're uh, good at things. Just so you know, we're really good at things. <laughs> Our intro may say otherwise, but we promise. <laughs> it's a lie. It's... Bla- it's uh, What's the word I'm thinking of? Not deformation. Oh, my God. Defamation? Defamation. There you go. Thank defamation you. of character. Yes, defamation <laughs> of character. It's lies. Slander. Um, eventually, they made it to the Temple of Songstruck with roughly 500 survivors from the town of a couple thousand. Uh, in the Temple of Songstruck, they begin handing out orders, exploring the place, and building it up to be a town. Uh, they eventually... F- formed packs and bonds with nearby creatures and groups of uh, other types of humanoids to create a little bit of a community. In the process of exploring the Temple of Songstruck, they found a series of magical gateways. Yeah, and um, honestly, those gateways are pretty cool. We, we spent a lot of time just trying to figure out how to get them to work, you know, what they were all about. We didn't really, you know, very... We, we, yeah. Judge jumped in one. So Judge jumped in one. Judge jumped in one. <laughs> he, so. he saw how fun Wiley how much fun Wiley had being impulsive and he tripped through one. <laughs> and they found themselves in an area where they could not teleport back easily. They entered into this dystopian like field of rotten crops and almost like a dust bowl there was dust everywhere everything looked rusty and before them stood what at one time might have been a magnificent town filled with skyscrapers and buildings that spired above the earth below but now broken glass shattered buildings and concrete steel that had rotted away and all creatures in the area were in the shape of cogs and or, gears or warforge or warforge it's it's kind of like i mean picture like a junkyard like a, a car junkyard but now imagine if that was people like broken people and that's what yeah. judge walked into of like oh here's my brethren and they found out that this area is known as Konkura, which it had a name previous but after the war with melissa they they renamed it Konkura because melissa conquered it and Adventuring through the town, they eventually came to a skyscraper that was continually being built on top, but sinking into the ground just as fast as they would build another floor. And it was happening in a very quick and short order. A floor would be built and it would sink down in a matter of minutes. So they entered it. Like any (laughs) other smart group of people, they're like, this thing that's sinking underground and looks like a trap, we're going inside. Of this part of the world that James definitely had planned that we were going to go to. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And they reached the top where they found a bong-smoking stoner cog who was the size of a, a large dinner table. He was huge. 
and he spoke to them and he told them the lore of how this town came to be, which was they served Melissa building the Warforge, but then they rebelled against her and she cursed them. He also gave them the ability to teleport back to the Temple of Songstruck, which was very helpful. And he revealed a little bit about Judge's past. Mm -hmm. Uh, Back at the Temple of Songstruck, they found that they needed to go south to secure alliances, food, and other sorts of things for the people here. And they traveled south on a river barge with a captain known as Captain Prone. It was spelt Prawn. But it's It's not Prawn. It's (laughs) Prawn. On the journey southward to a larger settlement that had not become under siege by undead yet, they encountered some strange creatures known as eelhounds, a mix between underwater dogs and electric eels. These eels attacked the barge they were on, pulling Mercury off the barge. And then in a smart move of her using her cursed item that she found in the Temple of Songstruck... She basically killed herself. And I think accidentally too, right? Because yes, yes. the trigger word was like, fuck me or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yes. And when that happened, her. she would turn invisible and it would call lightning down upon the user. Yeah. And being in water, she took extra damage and she was invisible. And so when she died, nobody in the party could find her and she ended up drowning under Which the water. Which is bullshit because she should have been visible because she died and invisibility ends when you get attacked which the lightning would have hit. it's also a curse. It was a curse. Ugh, still. So her body washed on shore. They took it. Uh, Judge tried to save it but he just sunk to the bottom and then Wiley was who's afraid of water yeah eventually jumped in but took too long and failed saving his friend. True. So they got the body back aboard the barge and they continued their way back down to the city where they then gave her body to a temple to preserve while they went out to look for a cure of death. To which they found out, since the Great War, no resurrection magic had been present in all of Adenak. However, there were rumors that resurrection magic had recently been rediscovered in an area across what is known as the Sea of Maelstrom. In the continent of Alfana, on the other side of the globe, there were rumors. So Judge decided he was going to be one of the first people to fly across the Sea of Maelstrom on an airship. The Sea of Maelstrom came into existence because at the end of the Great War in which Melissa waged upon all of Adenak, a group of 12 magi were formed together in order to curse her in um, basically sacrifice an entire continent of people in order to produce enough arcane energy to bind Bob, the soul dragon, and Melissa together in a form of stasis. And in the process, all of this raw arcane energy formed into a insurmountable storm that took over this continental area of people sacrificed and sunk into the ocean, never to be seen again. And so this storm buffeted any manner of travel. However, in the two to 300 years since, it had started to weaken. And there were rumors you could begin traveling through it as one ship came from Alfana to the lands of Itnasi on this side of Adenak. It's actually really easy to cross it. Extremely. Yeah, it's not a problem at all. No. Very quick trip. <laughs> and Wiley took it upon himself to seek revenge on the continent they were currently on. 
This that was after a big disagreement that him and Judge had. Yeah. Correct. That's the, got, we split up the band. <laughs> they, that's what happened. The band split up? Well, Mercury after, split up the band. After the death of the lead singer, the band of bards split. Judge going on an experimental airship across a sea that had only been crossed once in the last two to three hundred years, and Wiley staying stateside to try finding revenge. And that is where we ended season one. Wiley, why don't you give us, or or, sorry, Bronson, why don't you give us a quick rundown of what happened in the two years between the end of season one and the start of season two? Well, Wiley took it upon himself to find out a way to kill Bob. Anyways, because he blamed everything that happened on Bob because... Let's face it, he was projecting because Wiley failed, so he couldn't handle that. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, this also basically kicked off right around the start of the pandemic. It, it did, did yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there's two years in between the end of season one and the start of season two in the game. There was also two years in the real world between the end of season one and the start of season two because COVID was a thing that decided to screw everybody's lives up. Yep. Uh, But he went around trying to find anybody that could help. He didn't care what form it came in, what type of help. He just wanted basically pawns to throw at Bob to see what would work. Didn't work out the best for him. Uh, Got into a bunch of battles. People just kind of treated him like a cat. People, (laughs) Yeah, everybody treated him like a cat. Nobody would take him seriously. To the point where he eventually, like, he got a bunch of battle scars because, like I said, just constantly fighting all the time because he just had so much anger that he was trying to get rid of. Uh, to the point where somebody made a comment about him, about being a cat, and he lost it. And he was in a tavern and just started attacking everybody in the tavern. And he ended up getting arrested. He was thrown in jail for six months along with another person that would not stop talking about his bees. <laughs> And this person's name was Joe Beehive. (laughs) And that introduces us to season two's character. Now, one major point to uh, reveal about the time that happened in between the end of season one and the uh, start of season two is during this two years, the undead armies that waylaid uh, Myersport grew in size and they became less of sieging groups of undead and more of an organized, almost country of undead and they took over basically all of Adenac. Uh there are now roving bands of undead that do the will of what people believe is the work of the latter the cult that Scoville uh was a member of and that the band fought in the early parts of season two and there are rumors of the return of Melissa who also did the same thing two to three hundred years ago and Everybody is on edge. There is no freedom anymore. It is it is a dictatorship run by a shadowy group of people. It is an apocalypse, basically. It is an apocalypse. Now, uh, Wiley gets broken out of jail by an old friend named Gloppy and Wilbur. Best character in the campaign, Gloppy, hands down. <laughs> Joe- MVP. Joe joins Wiley for no reason uh, other than, you know, breaking out of jail. And they are then proceeded to be moved away to a secret shack where inside the shack, they are reunited with Poise. Now, at this point, the party knows Poise worked for Melissa's army. 
and it appears Poise is again working for Melissa's army. She warns the party that Melissa is back, that Bob is back, that there is no true resurrection magic. They will find doom anywhere else. However, they need to cross the Sea of Maelstrom and follow in the footsteps of Judge because that is where their destinies lie. So they do that. Wilbur sets up a escape ship for them where they then escape on a sailboat and take it across the Sea of Maelstrom. Uh, the Sea of Maelstrom was not a good time. <laughs> yeah, it. Um, James did an excellent uh, job of creating a very mysterious sea of magical enigmas and, and mystery uh, and a lot of tough challenges. Um, it was a great journey. We went across lots of our beloved crew members died. <laughs> well, to be fair, we only started off with five. Yeah. And then we got up to like 40. Yeah. I and like I how both of you. <laughs> four? Yeah. They, they, were, they were coming to go in a fair And uh, I think we ended with like maybe 20. Yep. Yep. It's good. It's going great. <laughs> great. Yeah. Wiley wasn't re- impulsive at all. He didn't choose to do something just because it interested him. And maybe um, two of even better characters, even better than Gloppy. I don't know. Maybe impossible. Impossible. So we're Doesn't really, exist. we're really excited. You're here joining us. Uh, we really hope you enjoy um, what we've got ahead in store for you. I hope you enjoy bad jokes and even badder puns. If you want to go back and listen to season one, we would recommend it. Just understand that the first like third of season one was recorded with some pretty lame janky. equipment. <laughs> janky janky yeah. equi- equipment that um, hurts me to even listen to. And, <laughs> and also just kind of us getting used to playing D&D together again. <laughs> yeah, after years of not playing D&D yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. I don't um, think we really hit a stride until like, like you were saying earlier was like this season the second season is where we really yeah i'm loving i think i think the second half of season one we were pretty pretty strong but also we also spent two years after that so there's no (laughs) way that we could have gotten back to that so but for some we like in season season two two, we clicked pretty quick so i mean so so if you want to chat with us on discord and stuff like that um that probably would be the best Um, yeah i feel like you've got questions uh you will notice there is a lot of retconning that occurs just because (laughs) I'm a space cadet, and as and I'm DMing, I'll say something and not be paying attention to it, and then later on be like, wait, no, I meant to say that. Well, shoot, now it's this. Yeah. That or all of us are bad at keeping notes, including the DM. So it's hey, like, I've got hey, what did I say? Of yeah, I know, but you're always like, hey, what did I say about this guy? Yeah. Uh, we don't remember. What was his voice? We don't remember. Yeah. Fuck. All right, well. <laughs> yeah. So if you've got questions, hit us up on Discord. The link should be in the show description below. Um but we're really stoked to have you here. We're really excited. Um, let us know what you think. And don't forget to leave a review or a rating if you can. And We only take five-star reviews. I'm sorry. Nothing. <laughs> That's all. Also, so, sorry about it, the it, accents. It, it, it's something with the rating system. It's strange. You can only do five-star. It's so, weird. I've been James, your Dungeon Mancer. I've been Vito, your As more of the waves impulsive housecat. And I've been Tyler. Uh, a few characters. <laughs> Uh, don't forget to check out our Discord. We're well, not course. doing this joke on here.
Gentleman Games podcast.